Yes, and we have a special guest this week after like 17 years of not having one. I know. And honestly, it's the one that I'll probably replace you with if you ever quit this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Sierra, our our Swifty slash book correspondent slash um, Shelby's trying to murder me and (laughs) get you to take the place. Slash your dear friend, Matt. Come on. Yes, and that as yeah. well. And we used to be co-workers for a couple of years yeah. at BuzzFeed. Have so we only many. have we really only done book book? I came on I came on and talked about the prom when you were on Oh Matt wow. Oh, oh, sorry about yes. that. Matt, Matt and I also go to Broadway shows together a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a time. That was, that was yeah, a, that's rough. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that we can have you back on to cleanse cleanse your history oh, of that. My pleasure. So. I'm so excited. Yeah. Maybe we should have had you on to just talk about the Tonys, which were last night. Oh, yeah. Did you have any thoughts on those? Well, you and I were kind of texting about how it opened, which I thought was brilliant because, you know, like they literally had no script because of the the strike. And so it's like they opened, you know, while reading like the quote unquote script, there was nothing there. So they relied on, you know, like orchestrations and dance to start it. And I just thought it gave me the chills. I loved it. Cute. Yeah, and they I were saw, really like I only hurtling saw her through the air too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought I she was, was like, wow, she really wanted herself. to she really wanted to come back after the evisceration of Angela Bassett does the And I mean someone wrote that, so yeah. they, that they didn't have a writer. <laughs> I think that she like she had a brief low point of like a week or whatever where everyone was mocking her mercilessly for that, but I think that she somehow like reclaimed it. Oh, I, yeah. I'm totally. obsessed. And all of her weird voices that she does. And I couldn't tell last night, like, what parts were bits and what parts were, like, <laughs> her just not knowing what was going on. It was incredible. Yeah. Same. Theater kids, you know? You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, speaking of theater kids, Ben Platt's horrible, uh, like, suit thing that he like, wore. <laughs> yeah, him and, and his, his fiance was wearing the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. It was... <laughs> I was I was worried for a hot second that he was going to win, and I was bracing for that, but then he didn't in the end, so congratulations. I'm still sad about Jessica Chastain not winning. She was so good. I know. And Jodie Comer was just like, I felt like this entire season, she just sort of like showed up at the last minute, did not seem that into anything, just did her, th- I agree. her performances. Her Tony speech was pretty lackluster. I was like, Jessica Chastain has been like doing every stage door, taking photos <laughs> with half of Manhattan. She did the ham for ham. Like she's been everywhere. She loves Broadway so much. She went to Juilliard. I was like, just give her the Tony. <laughs> I feel like she'll be back in some capacity. Oh to, yeah, to you know it. she will. She'll yeah. she'll she'll have three Tonys by the time she dies. I'm positive. Three oh, specifically. Yeah. I mean, at least three. I think. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we're here to talk about books. Um, the Shelby and I every now and again will pop a book into the love it or hate it, but we don't yeah. get to talk about it that much. And. While I feel like I am a fairly good reader, both of you read way more than I do and have way more recommendations and hot takes. And so (laughs) I figured let's just do like a round table. We can all talk about some of our favorite books that we've read in the last however many months, some of our least favorites, and then just, you know, a free for all of whatever other takes we have. Um, Sierra, do you want to go first and start us off with one of the books that you loved recently? Sure. Um, so I cheated for the first one and I'm going to recommend two books as this like one round, just cause I think I was telling you guys earlier, I, um, have been reading a lot of romance lately, which is very much not normal for me, but I don't know, 2023, like, <laughs> yeah, I was what just, does like, that I, say? 
It's like oh. you're newlywed, you're really? in your honeymoon phase, you're enjoying love. Well, I just found like I to me, romance is kind of a like like I had the stereotype of it being like, you know, Fabio on the cover and it's like right. very cheesy. But um I don't know, I picked up a lot recently. So I'll recommend two that I think are completely different, um, but are both in the romance category. Um so the first one I was gonna recommend is Before I Before I Let Go by mm. Kennedy Ryan. Um, I read this back in February. So this is about, I guess this, you would call this a second chance romance. Um, and it's a married couple who got divorced after they both went through two losses right um, after each other. And their marriage couldn't really survive it. But they still, you know, they, they live across the street from each other. They own a business together. Um, and so this is kind of like they're trying to navigate that. And um, it's very, very emotional very very steamy um sex scenes <laughs> mm. a lot of open door sex scenes as they say um Wait, what's that mean well in, like i guess a closer sex scene would be like and then his lips met mine oh like a next chapter black. you know yes. oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this is like no we this there's multiple voyeuristic. pages after yeah oh okay gotcha yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah and it's i just thought it's like they're you know adults there's high stakes you know that they're good for each other because they were before it's very, very good. It has a 4.4 average rating on Goodreads, which is the highest I've ever seen. Oh. So wow. people who like romance really liked this, and I really enjoyed it. And then on the other end, I really liked – I just finished reading this one. It's called Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monahan. And this is a normal person, famous person romance, which is just Ooh. like candy. It's it's very fun. It's not serious at all. But this woman, Nora, is a writer for the, quote, the romance channel. So, you know, she's like a Hallmark movie writer. But then she gets divorced and writes a, um, a very serious script, um, screenplay about her life and her breakup. And it, she um, gets like a lot of money for it. They hire like the most famous person in Hollywood. His name is Leo. So I guess we're like, you know, like Leonardo Ooh. DiCaprio type. And they actually film at her house. And oh, then wow. <laughs> they film for like three days. And then he's like, you know what? Can I pay you $1,000 a day to stay here for a week? And oh. then he stays. <laughs> yeah. And he like. As it goes. <laughs> as it goes. And you can see what happens at past there. It's full of many ridiculous twists and turns that like would make no sense in the real world. But it is just like. It's like 250 pages. I read it in one day. You, it's very much the definition of a beach read, but yeah. it is just like. Is it an open door ever. or a closed door romance? <laughs> These, I would say, there are a couple sex scenes. It's not nearly as steamy. Okay. But okay. it is very emotional. And like, I just, it is, it's, it's good. I highly Cute. recommend it. Whoever has been doing the romance cover rebrand, I think has has it should be getting a raise if they haven't I got agree. one already because yeah. yeah i feel like m- my sister has been reading all of these like romance books and i was sort of confused at first i was like what is this genre like they all sort of look the same um and they're all very like cutesy and then yeah. i realized oh wait these are like they've just repackaged the horn dog romances <laughs> into these like more well there's like, still bodice rippers out there there's still well, a yes. whole plethora of the fabio cover for historical sure. fiction and that's yes. what i discovered is that like like before i let go that has my favorite trope which is there's only one bed and seen <laughs> so many different romance books. You know, I don't read a lot of romance, but I feel like i get on book talk and book talk is all about romances so it's so funny yes. to learn these like little yeah, phrases and um, yeah. terminology within the Yeah. I genre. discovered that my least favorite romance trope is enemies to lovers. Just oh, interesting. I'm always just like, it's hard to like, I think, pull it off well. Yeah. It just makes me mad. I'm like, why do you like him? He's mean to you. you mm. so. Does that apply to like, you know, that's a classic rom-com, like you've got mail, the proposal? Or is that, it like- You know what? That is funny because one of my favorite ones is set it up. Or with, Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Zoe Deutsch and yeah. that ha- hunky guy from Top Gun. What's his name? Oh, uh, Glenn yeah. Powell. Glenn oh, Powell, yeah. Yes. Good job. Good job, Matt. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank um, you. But yeah. So, but no, I guess it's just more books. Like, yeah. It's kind of overdone. I feel like it's hard to. Yeah. yeah wasn't my fave. But without anyways, sorry I cheated. I just had to give two completely different romance books to just give variety. I love Shelby, that. you want to go next? Should I give a. I hate it since it's a romance or should I <laughs> stay positive? <laughs> Give us the hate it, I guess. I don't care. It's a soft hate it. It's more that 
And like I said, Book Talk will like push these move these books at me, like Colleen oh, Hoover. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. stand Colleen Hoover, but I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't I gave um, – oh, man, what's it called? I have to scroll all the way down to my <laughs> – my didn't likes. Um, Funny You Should Ask by Elise Assessman. It's like a huge popular book that's basically – I don't know the terminology, but um, she's a reporter. She does a profile of this really hot-to-trot actor. They have one hot weekend, and then – you know, 10 years later, she has to do a follow-up interview with him. And it's like, oh my gosh, will they, won't they? It's been all over like TikTok, all over airports, front, you know, displays at the libraries. Like the it's a very cute cover. Yeah. yeah. It's very mm-hmm. poppy. It, it And it's based on this actual article that was a huge deal in like 2000. I don't know when it would have been, 2010, 2007, mm-hmm. when Chris Evans was interviewed by someone and they had this really weird like flirtation and she kept like getting roped into these things over the weekend where she ended up somehow like staying at his house and like it was a whole oh thing. Oh my gosh. I need to read that. And <laughs> there's I, only like, one bed, Chris. <laughs> there's <laughs> only one bed. There's a couch. Um and I I wanted to like it because I liked the article, but it started to feel weird because it was literally like in some cases scene for scene. And mm. she didn't give any sort of like credit to this or even like oh, acknowledge it in her like strange. back <laughs> acknowledgments. Um, and it just felt kind of at that point, it's like I don't love it when they try to make it more serious than it is, like, you know, own what you are. But it was like mm-hmm. trying to do this, like, oh, there was a miscommunication. And so it would slowly reveal what happened in the past as she was going through mm. the present. It just wasn't my vibe. And so that was one that I I was pressured into reading by everything, everywhere. <laughs> and it just didn't live up to it for me. It's long for a romance, too. Yes. And it did not go anywhere interesting. And it wasn't, what would you say? Like, it has, like, a very small spiciness score um, because, oh. obviously, they don't get to the hookups until the end. Mm. So it's like, what well, are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, I mean, this sounds very similar to Nora Goes Off Script. And, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, with but, more goes off script too. I mean, she's a little bit older, and I feel like I don't yeah. know. I just feel like I would like the romances that they're like either in their thirties or their forties or beyond. I just right. Like it's the stakes are higher. And yeah. 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 So, just wanted to get that out of the way uh, thematically. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about the one sort of romance ish book on my list, okay, which is also in the hate it section. Oh so, no! <laughs> because I'm in well, because I'm in a book club. You know, it's like oh, I don't gosh. have it's, okay. What? Do I know where you're going with this? I don't think so. Okay, I, okay. I don't think you read this. <laughs> I think Sierra read it, maybe. Um, but so I end up having to read books that like are not necessarily my selections. Mm. And sometimes I just like fully cop out. Like last month we were supposed to read what the uh, Oh, it's a book. It's a tick. It's a book talk book. It's like a series. There's like five of them, and it's like Court a- of Thorns and yes, Roses. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, I refuse to read this. I was like, I can't get involved. That's been on my like to read list for the longest time. Yeah, I'm just I not a big fantasy person. Well, yeah. and then we got to our book club, and a couple of people were like, "I loved it so much. I'm on book four. And I was like, "Oh gosh." Um, <laughs> but anyways, last summer I read this book called "One Italian Summer" <laughs> by Rebecca Surly Searle, um, which was one of the most deranged pieces of writing I have ever experienced. This woman, uh, her her mother dies, and she's like has like a weird relationship with her mom that's like way too clingy and like best friendy in a weird way and her and her mom were supposed to go to um Italy together and the mom dies and so she goes to Italy like by herself and then while she's there she and sorry to spoil the twist for anybody who has this on their (laughs) reading list but while she's there staying in this hotel she accidentally like wanders into the younger version of her mom who was like staying at the hotel 40 years ago she like time travels back yeah I've read this 
But the crazy thing is, is like they don't really mention like the time traveling at all until the end. Mm, You're just yeah. like, wait, how did this mom show up? And it's kind of like not really addressed until like the final pages when you realize that, yeah, there was some like time change, whatever. And the only reason why she didn't realize the main character didn't realize the entire time that she had transferred back to the 70s is because the magic of Italy, Italy's timeless. You'll never be able to tell the difference. And I was like, this is so stupid. And there was Wait, like, isn't that a Nicholas Sparks book where like there's a there's a ghost oh, it turns out? Safe Haven. Yeah. Safe Haven. That one's bananas because it's like she I've just seen the movie. Yeah. So Julianne is the main character and um Robin Scherbatsky, whatever her name is, um, is the um the ghost that she doesn't know it's a ghost it's just yeah. like she moves to this new town befriends her and it's actually like the, the dead fuck, wife the dead wife <laughs> of the guy that she starts hooking up with and is like pushing her towards her her husband and being like i approve of you like yeah. you'll make a good mom to my kids who are sad and motherless you know but. yeah truly powerful stuff so the best part about this whole book club saga was that one of the people in the book club was kept sending us these texts that were, that were like oh wow like um you know i love this sort of advertising plot line and we were like what like there's <laughs> like what is he talking about did he miss something and then we realized that there's two books that basically had identical covers and one was called one italian summer and the other one was called our italian summer <laughs> and he had bought our italian summer and was reading that for book club instead did he make the right choice do you think or I don't better? know. I think oh my sounds, god, the covers are so similar. It sounded like they were both tear. I mean, the one I read was <laughs> horrific, but the other one didn't sound much better. So, and there was like a weird, like there was a couple of weird, like sort of romance plot lines going on in one Italian summer, and mm -hmm. yeah, less I guess of a straight romance, more like I don't know, like general checklet in quotes, yeah. um, but still bad. A beach read. Mm. Oh, for sure. I read this one, not to brag, but when I was in Positano, when, which is where it takes place. So I liked it because of that, because I was like, I could literally like look up and see the hotel that the character's staying You're at. You're like, wow, it is like the 70s here. Yeah, did you yeah, have trouble totally. differentiating so the decades? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, did I tra time travel too? I know, right? <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I, I see your complaints with it. It was very like unrealistic in all senses of the word. Uh, okay, Sierra, you're up again. Uh, you can pick a love it or a hate it or whatever. I'll, I'll bring the positivity in. Thank okay. You. <laughs> um, so, well, okay, so this next book um, definitely deals with a romantic relationship, but I would not call it a romance at all. It's called um, Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. Um, it's a debut book, and I kind of think it's one of those like autofiction books, but it's basically about um, this American named Adelaide who moves to London, um, and she's been there for a while, but she falls in love with this um, guy named Rory, who is one of those situations where she is very much more in love with him than he is with her. Mm. Like, he is the one for her, and he is kind of hung up on this other girl from his past. Um, something tragic happens, and she's really there for him while he is just kind of like him being a boy um and basically the writing is like you can just feel her pain from the book it is just anyone who's ever had like an unrequited love or just dealt with boys who do not cannot connect with their feelings like <laughs> yeah. you will enjoy this cute but be ready to cry or at least be oh. very sad so it's like if you're in if you're wanting a sad girl summer this is it wow do you want a sad girl summer, Shelby? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm like living through this. I'm like, no, thank you. I mean, not that any of my books are especially um, upbeat per se. Um, I just read Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brinya, um, which is a new book. It's a debut novel. Um, and it's basically about <laughs> how to describe it. It's like set in a very, um, a very like, plausible future of the U.S. where um, the privatized prison system allows their worst offenders to like battle to the death in gladiator, gladiator style oh. like fights um, as this new like televised sports for Americans to watch. And it's really, really good. Like it's it's fascinating world building. He, he blends like he has these footnotes throughout where some of it's about like 
adding texture to the characters or the the like tech of it all but also like ties in our current like situation and stats and history of like prison sentences and the um uh kind of systemic issues there um but it's i liked it because it kind of reminded me of like the hunger games when i read that as a teenager for the first time and how you use this like brutality to kind of highlight our current um bloodlust and um he has really interesting characters so it's much more like vignette style where he'll jump from like there's the main players like the actual gladiators but then there's also like random perspectives of like people who led to this who regret it who built it who feel like it's the right thing and it was really really fascinating very dark and and um gruesome like very (laughs) explicitly violent but every character was so compelling and like obviously these are you know criminals a lot of them that you're in the pov with are like rapists or murderers but you you start to feel for them and you like learn about the kind of systemic issues that led them there or the way they're trying to find humanity after their worst offense so it was a really good read and and very like easy to get into very I don't want to say light but kind of it 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 moves quickly so there was a whole season of uh, Riverdale that I think had a similar plot oh line wow where <laughs> yeah. Archie was fighting in an underground prison uh ring and then yeah. had to escape I oh imagine gosh. this is more um, diverse in both its voice intellectually and intellectually stimulating characters. too. Maybe, yeah. Um, how dare you guys? How <laughs> dare you? I f- I quit Riverdale after the first season. So. Yeah, same. That's rude. The, apparently, they're filming the last episode as we speak. It's still so. going on. Yes, Sierra. And there was wow. a Final time season. jump. They like went yeah. back in time somehow. Um, what? Okay, I I think maybe Shelby and I have talked about this before on the podcast, but I was trying to read a lot of uh, Japanese books before I went to Japan in March. Um, and so while I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of just like explaining a bunch of different uh, Japanese books, I figured I could pick one. And I really, really liked um, An Artist of the Floating World by Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, oh, he's a great writer. Yeah, he's fantastic. He did um, Remains of the Day and Never Let Me Go. This was, he's British, um, and this is one of his only books that's set in Japan. And so I thought, oh, I'll give this one a read, even though it's a little bit lesser known. And it's about this man who is, is, he's older, he's an artist. um, He's trying to sort of marry off one of his daughters, and they're having some issues uh, finding a suitable match for her and you slowly begin to realize that maybe part of that is because during world war ii he sort of sold out and used his artistic abilities to do propaganda for the um imperialist side Mm -hmm. of japan and so now that world war ii is over with uh he's sort of shunned in certain ways and it's about you know just sort of this man who like maybe thought he was making the right decision at the time might have been a bit of an opportunist sort of having to go back and reevaluate everything that he's done in his life and try to figure out what like a path forward for him is as he's only got a few years left um and the writing is just so 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 beautiful and it's only like 200 pages it's a pretty quick read um and yeah i just as I was reading it, I was just so impressed by his use of language and all that he's able to sort of like weave together. There's some kind of like twists, I guess, sort of towards the end that are really interesting. And yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, that's that cool. So I, haven't, I haven't heard of that one. I just read yeah, me Clara, Clara and the Sun, which he did like last year or something. Oh, yeah. Was that good? Yeah, I really liked it. It's very like a quiet kind of sci-fi. Like it's about a robot basically who's who are created to be like companions to children mm, and, like um, megan yeah <laughs> like megan but a little more introspective and kind of sad and questioning there it's like bicentennial man or 
Oh, or I loved that movie AI. as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love AI. The best version of Pinocchio ever made. Is yeah. AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah, they're just going to come and take my job. All of my jobs. Yeah. Mm, yes, so true. Um, okay, Sierra, back to you. Okay, I will go with one that I did not like. And a lot of times, like, I, I don't like to, like, poo-poo other people's work, yeah. as you know. But this, no one should read this book. Um, <laughs> it's called, I was also roped into reading this with the book club that I'm in. Um, but it's called When We Were Bright and Beautiful by Jillian Madoff. Madoff. Um, so it it's told from the perspective of this like 23-year-old girl and her brother is on trial um, for rape, which mm-hmm. also is like, yeah. I don't know why I even started to read this. Um but it's kind of like coming, like, she is very much convinced that he's not a rapist. There is a twist in the middle that is just so vile that I literally felt like I had to take a shower afterwards. Yeah. And there was just, like, no redeeming qualities. I wasn't quite sure what the author was trying to, like, portray. Like, I know, like, I don't know if it was, like, lines can be blurry, like, perspectives matter. But at the same time, like, it was just, I, it was gross, disgusting. And, like, I... I don't know. I like saw it a lot as well on like book talk. And I was just like, why is no one talking about how like grody this feels? So Ugh. hard well, to pass. Won't yeah, be reading. I'll yeah. be avoiding that. that. Yeah. <laughs> White women, you know, they're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> they're coming up with some weird ideas. Um, <laughs> I, I read two books by this author who I didn't even realize were the same author until like I put it into Goodreads because they're so vastly different. Um, but it's R.F. Kuang, who's probably most famous currently for her book, Babel, um, which is, again, like this hugely, I bet you'd recognize the cover. It's everywhere you go. Oh, yes. Um, it, and I, I honestly I, think, Matt, you'd like this a lot because the reason I didn't want to read it at first is because it's like takes place in academia. And oh, it's like, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love academia books. Oh, my God. I was like, I cannot be roped into one of these again. I tried the stupid <laughs> Donna Tart one and I could not enjoy it. How but dare you? This was really good. It's very interesting. It's sort of a magical realism um, where it takes place in a world similar to ours, but um, the colonialism of the United Kingdom, like in the 18th, 19th century, is all around this kind of magic they've discovered with silver. And it's it's powered by like translation. So the different translations between languages like allow them to kind of un- tap into this magic, which sounds mm-hmm. very weird. And I was kind of really hesitant. Um, magical realism isn't always my favorite, but she, she's like a multi-PhD author. She's so smart. And it just shows through in this book where it's about a um, Asian kid who's adopted by this white Brit who wants him to grow up to be this like tool for him at this at this school in Oxford called Babel the Tower of Babel where they like learn the techniques needed to you know continue their reign of terror across the world it was really good really compelling all the characters were so interesting and distinct and it was basically like the question of can you influence change from within a broken system like what is the right way to um move forward to kind of uh assert um you know change i it was really good it's definitely dense but you get into it so quickly that it it still feels like it moves fast it's not quite as stuffy as i expected um but still very mesmerizing to see her handle on language and she really is able to make it a familiar world while also kind of sprinkling in this um kind of magic and I don't know I really liked it that sounds Wait, really interesting why did you read this Shelby because it's, it's a huge book like it's oh okay it's a huge book and everyone I respected like loved it so I was like okay gotcha. okay okay, okay <laughs> I had okay. no idea that this is the same author as yellow face yes yeah, so that's the that's, other one I read yeah. which is kind of this black comedy about the publishing world and that too was really good have you read it yet I haven't it's one of that's like been on my list as yeah well, but it's like I could not picture two different like covers. I like, know. <laughs> That's why I didn't like process it at first. Yeah. Because this one is like yellow face is basically it reminded me of the story of American Dirt, how that white woman oh, wrote yeah. about the mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so this story takes place from a the point of view of a white author who hasn't really gotten her break and through this freak accident suddenly is able to steal a story from her 
friend these this Asian writer. And so it's sort of like they kind of toe the line of appropriation and she's it's like all from her POV. So you're stuck with this really slimy, kind of annoying, stupid, ignorant and <laughs> problematic um, character. But it's so fun and kind of cringy and uncomfy, but feels familiar, especially for anyone who's worked in the publishing world. So mm. that is a, a little lighter of a read if people want to give her yeah. a chance because it was a lot of fun. Any books mm. based on a lie just really stress me out. Really. <laughs> so, I don't know. I know, but this one you're like rooting for her to be found out. So it's like That's true. That's more true. It, you kind of are enjoying the downfall, you know? <laughs> oh, no, that's that's a good point. <laughs> Any book set in the public publishing industry is a big yeah, yes for me. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm like, if I had to work in that for five years, I might as well have gotten something out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, another book that I really loved was Stay True, which is a memoir by Hua Su. Um, he is a writer for Rolling Stone, I think. He's like a music uh, reporter. And this is a memoir about a friendship that he had back in college. Um, and the it's sort of him looking back on this relationship that he had and how it, well, it sort of like ties in a bunch of different things, but how like growing up he has, he's Asian and his, he didn't necessarily feel a connection with his parents because, you know, like he was born in America and wanted to be involved in like American music scene type things. And his parents didn't really understand that. And so and also growing up, he didn't have a lot of friends who were Asian. And so he just kind of felt adrift. And then when he got to college, he met this guy and became really, really good friends with him. And it sort of was sort of the first person who he was able to connect with in a deeper way about, you know, these different aspects of his life that he really enjoyed. But then the friend dies in sort of like a freak accident. Oh. And so it's all about him, you know, now 15, 20 years later, like looking back and remembering this time and this connection and then just sort of like putting all of these pieces of his life together between his like relationship with his parents, his relationship with his friend, his, the things that he's done after this. Um, and it's one of those books where like not that much happens, but because the writing is so good and the way he's able to tie these different threads together, it really like, uh, I don't know. It's just a very like emotional experience, I think. And I love a book about friendship. I feel like there's not nearly enough of them. And um, yeah, this was, this was just a very good memoir with very solid writing. So would highly recommend. I love a good memoir. Yeah. Yeah. It's also pretty short too. And this was one of the book club books that we read that was actually good. So, you know, every now and again, you get one <laughs> of those. Hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay, it's me next, right? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Spaced out. Um, I, okay, I will do one that I liked. Um, so I like thrillers the most out of all kinds of genres of books. Um, and I've only read a couple this year, but this one really stood out. Um, it's called The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. Um, and it is about um, these five young, young promising writers all women are selected to go to this month-long retreat in the Adirondacks at this like very spooky old house that there was a famous murder that happened there a hundred years ago. And they're invited by this like uber famous um, writer that is like known even like outside literary world, just like a very like, big personality um, kind of person. And when they get there, they just, they just think it's supposed to be a writing retreat. But when they get there, they're told that they need to start a new idea from scratch and they have a month to write it. And whoever has the best idea will get a $1 million contract. Ooh. And so it turns a lot of them against each other. It's very much a gothic novel in the sense that like the character, the house is a character in itself. Um, the characters are very hard to like, but I, I kind of enjoy that. I like very complicated characters. Um, and the last third of the novel just completely goes off the rails <laughs> in the most bananas way that I like absolutely loved. But it's a bizarre book, but it is fun and takes you so many different ways that I did not expect. So 
okay. And I recommend it. It's very much, they get stuck in a snowstorm. And so a lot of it, they're like stuck in the house. So like, I would recommend this more as like a wintertime read. It's Mm. very like a cozy read. Uh, Yeah. You recommended this to me at some point and I do really want to read it. It's on my list. Yes. There's also like exploration of like queer identity in it too. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything. It's really good. And I actually, I met this author at an event um, in Connecticut. It's her debut novel. And she said that this came out of a NaNoWriMo book, which is national, like write a novel book. Is that what you heard? Write Write a a novel novel month. month. Sorry. Did you do Um, that at one point, Shelby? Or did I I make that up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is promising because like it, this came out. She wrote it like eight or nine years ago, and then like picked it back up. Um, yeah. And she's a psychologist, so it has a lot of like. Oh. It's very very much a psychological thriller too. So um, I don't know. It was promising to me to be like, okay, like this can turn into something. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> an, an actual book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll inspire us all for next November. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll check back in. <laughs> um. I I read I've been reading a lot, but I was listening to this book um, because I Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be a movie oh, this yes. winter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a true story, and um, the book came out a few years ago. I guess like I can't say a few years ago anymore. It's like 2017, I think. Which is a massive bestseller. Yeah, a huge deal. I had been reticent about this film. We've talked about it before, where I'm like, why is why is Leonardo DiCaprio like dealing with this? Why is this being done by this Martin Scorsese? Like, what is this going to yeah. be? It felt a little like, hmm. Obviously, it's premiered um, really well at Cannes, I think. And um, it, I was reading more about it, and the it's about the Osage tribe um, in Oklahoma where they struck oil. They became super wealthy in like the you know, uh, early 1900s. And suddenly they started to be slowly like killed off. And there was just this mystery of like, who's killing them? Like, how are these all connected? Um, and this book is honestly mesmerizing. I kind of have an issue with a lot of true crime. I feel like a lot of times it's kind of exploitative or, you know, kind of like dirty lingering in the worst parts, but this was like very well researched and written and it was very aware of kind of the, you know, um, fucked up ways we've destroyed indigenous countries on this land. (laughs) Mm. And so while it was an exciting read and really fascinating, it always stuck to like the humanity of these victims and wasn't like diluting it or salaciously like lingering on the crimes themselves or the criminals involved. It's very, very compelling. Um, Honestly, I don't even know how to like process what happened. Like it's such a crazy story, just a wild story. And um, it's by David Gran, who has done a few of these sort of like true life kind of thriller type nonfictions. And he's really good at just like doing the work, but also making it very um, readable and accessible. I even like would listen to this on a run like it was so mm. <laughs> interesting I was like very motivated to just like keep going uh. just to hear more of it so I'm excited that Martin Scorsese seems to have really involved the Osage and the Osage themselves have said that they feel respected by the film so that's promising to me that is promising and um it is interesting that the trailer seems so focused on Leo's character I hope the movie does a better job of broadening the scope but it was a really good read from everything I've heard about it, about the movie, um, people are saying that Lily Gladstone, who I think yeah. plays Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio's wife and is one of the major characters in the movie, is supposed to be incredible yeah. and that everybody is already like early talking about her as a potential Oscar nominee. Yeah. So I think that they're... I'm sure that for marketing purposes, they're like, let's get Leo on as much of this stuff as possible. But yeah. I think in the actual movie, it's hopefully more focused on her i guess yeah yeah that was from the trailer i was nervous because it seemed like they were focusing on leo's character the most and i was like that's boy oh boy when you guys read it i'd love to talk about it because it is truly like bonkers (laughs) 
Yeah, I need like... to read it before the movie comes out. And yeah, I might listen to it like you did because I've given up on true crime yeah. podcasts. I just I, they feel icky. To yeah, me. exactly. Like, they, like you said, they exploit the details of the murders and everything. But if you said this is more like respectful and just interesting, yes. I very much would rather listen to this than yeah. And it's <laughs> a good audiobook. Um, and again, like it's it's really empathetic of like the tragedy that is indigenous culture in this country and um Mm. especially this story where it just continues to get worse and worse um so i recommend it for sure Mm -hmm. nice um okay i have a couple of like literary things that i could talk about but i feel like we've (laughs) i talked about that enough so i'll talk about something fun which is salem's lot by stephen king uh (laughs) i love Stephen King. He's one of my favorite writers. Um, I love horror movies. And this had been a book that was sort of sitting on my to read list for a while. Um, I knew it was vaguely about vampires, but wasn't exactly sure how. And it's just such an inventive take on the genre I think this writer sort of returns to the town where he grew up in um to work on a novel and do some research for it. And at the same time that he shows up, also a uh, vampire arrives in town um, and (laughs) sort of like slowly starts biting people. And it's almost like a pandemic novel kind of because, (laughs) because well, because these people are like getting sick and you're sort of like, and they don't know what's happening. They just think like, oh, so like Aunt May got the flu or whatever. But it's actually like, well, obviously, no, there's a vampire. And so it sort of like takes everybody in the town a little while to figure out what's happening. Um, and then the people who are left, you know, sort of have to go on a hunt to try to kill the vampires who are still there. Oh, wow. And wait, is this new or is it like? No, is this is old. old. I think it was oh, written okay. in like the 70s or 80s. It's one okay. of his first mm. books. Is um, it long? It's like maybe 400 pages. It's not super, super long. That's not bad for Stephen King. No, this is like, this is maybe his like third or fourth book. So it's before he really like got to write things that were that long because he wasn't quite that successful yet. Um, So yeah, so it's been around for a while. It's been a couple of, um, it's been adapted into a couple of things, but I think there is either a TV show or a movie that are coming out like later this year based on it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I read this last October because I thought that this was coming. Um, but yeah, if you're a Stephen King fan, I would definitely recommend this. It's a very fun, like horror vampire novel and it's not the same sort of, it's not like Dracula, but it's also not like twilight. It's sort of like a completely <laughs> different Side is it of like things. Morbius? You know, I luckily never saw Morbius, <laughs> so I can't say. But I'm gonna okay. guess no. At no point does do any of the vampires say it's Morbin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, last round, Sierra. What do you have? Okay, on the flip side of thrillers, this is one that I didn't hate, but I just it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Mm. So it's called The Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell. And basically, it is a combination of, it's basically what would happen if one of the contestants of the Great British Bake Off were to turn up dead. Oh, and I oh. love, yeah, I almost when I read that description, I was like, oh I love murder mysteries. <laughs> I love the Great British Bake Off. This is made for me. And it, but reading it though, like the characters weren't as juicy and fun as I wanted it to be. I feel like it, it just went like 70% of the way there, not fully mm. there. I it really I could guess the ending really easily. Um and it just I don't know. Like I I wouldn't not recommend it, but it just it disappointed me because I was expecting like this is perfect for me. This is so fun and it was just okay. That's I feel like in today's world where there's so many books, if something isn't like great it's like okay yeah you can probably skip it you know i don't have that much much time to be reading like average books yeah exactly life's too short (laughs) yes 100 (laughs) percent. shelby okay i i want to do one more positive because i haven't stopped thinking about this book i read it in like january it's called dinosaurs by lydia millette millet um she wrote a children's Bible a f- couple years ago, which is also like oh. a very well-received book. Interesting. It's like an allegory. It, that's a little weird. But this one is basically about this 
independently wealthy, like middle-aged man who kind of loses himself after this relationship ends. And he's just like lonely and wants community. And he just moves to this suburban town. And everything about it, I should absolutely hate. I, I, you know, it's like, oh, is are his problems real problems? But there's something so human about this thirst for community and something we're so bad at doing as especially in American society, I feel like. And he's just able to like really embrace this family who lives next door and kind of help um, as they raise this teenager son. And he starts to like invest in the people around him and realize that maybe his impact has been wider than he's felt in the past. And kind of there's just a lot of interesting questions and kind of like thoughts about, you know, what it means to have family, what it means to be a friend, like what, what, is worth like accepting from other people and kind of letting yourself trust the people around you instead of always having your walls up, always having your guard up, always convinced the worst will happen. Um, It's a very quiet, simple, short novel, but it's beautifully written and it really just like sticks with you. And ever since then, I've just been like, I need to be better at like knowing my neighbors and like (laughs) investing in the community around me because I think we have such an isolationist mindset often or like a do-it-yourself type of perspective. And so this was just like a nice reminder that like people are complex and that's okay. Like not Mm -hmm. every interaction is like perfect or everything we need, but there's like room to build this web that kind of holds us up better. Mm. Sounds good. Yours are so like, like, I don't know. (laughs) Instead of a good way, yours are all over the place. I was like, wow, Shelby has such varied taste. You should see my, yeah, you should (laughs) follow my Goodreads. I honestly, I don't know what sticks. That's good though. I never can. I'm over here like, you should read this book about this girl falls in love with this movie star. (laughs) And she's like, this is what it means to like really know who you are. This is because (laughs) I am isolated. So all I have are books right now. So. Well, then you can tell it tell what you think what you like about them to us so then yeah it. yeah it's great yeah. when you move to la you're gonna be living a wild raucous yeah, yeah. you know partying exactly. so many friends yes yeah, so i'm just exactly. getting the, the book reading out of the way all the time yeah yes mm-hmm. oh, she, oh shelby rodeo drive yet again yeah, yeah. i'm like wait selling just sunset with you the know. friends oh my gosh can i I'm just thinking now of you as a reality TV show contestant, and it would be truly immaculate. <laughs> Maybe it she should start. Good. She should start working on her real estate license now, yeah. so then she can go on selling sunset. Yeah, exactly. That would be the dream. It, it's a so lot of also, upkeep. It seems like a lot of yeah. time in the glam in the glam chair, but I could do it. I've witnessed Shelby in workplace settings, and the withering looks that she can give somebody <laughs> oh my gosh, are incredible. So. I would gladly watch her just stare <laughs> down some dumb, uh, yeah, frustrating person. Um, okay, <laughs> let's see. What do I want to go? Uh, I'm debating on things. Um, Are you going to talk, talk about, about Bad Mormon? Or? I could talk about Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, <laughs> which I didn't love. Um, I Come could on. I could talk about Bad Mormon, um, which was very good until it was not. Yeah, um, I read it. And yeah, Sierra, you're you and I are supposed to be reading Bad Mormon and having a book club together at the Olive Garden I, in Times Square. I know because that seems just so like you know. And I've read it now, so Salt Lake City of us. So we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting on you. I feel like that's my an problem is that I I actually met Heather Gay and and got a signed book when this came out, but then I I have gotten a lot of holds in the library mm, in like succession, yeah. so I just like. I'm 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 working on deadlines to read these books mm. before I get fined. So yeah, yeah. Once yes. I find um, a little break, I will yeah. power through that one. Gotcha. You know, it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I really the first half of first it half I good. thought was really good, yeah. where she's sort of like figuring out her faith and yeah. you know growing up and realizing wait there's like a world outside of mormonism and i loved mm-hmm. that and I, the ghostwriter on that section was just so good <laughs> and i don't know she did it was just such an interesting fascinating yeah. story but it's almost like she had 
they were like, okay, you have 300 pages. And she like got to the 150 page mark and was like, shoot, I've only covered like a quarter of my life. Like now I've just got to like hurry up and get the rest out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the back half was like just felt very sparse as soon it as felt she, like gets she was in- protecting some people or like yeah i like- well yeah because she still technically is in the church right no she well no. i think the book kind of was her exit yeah she's not yeah. practicing anymore. but like the everything like after her after she gets married like yeah. the stuff with her ex-husband is like a little bit vague and then all of the real housewife stuff is like <laughs> yeah is like so she copy and pasted out of like a PR email. There's a <laughs> oh, paragraph. That's I want her to like spill some tea yeah. on that part. Well, but she I, supports Jen Shaw, so that's why she's not really well, going into also, a lot of detail. I also wonder if like somebody didn't tell her like, hey, you should write one memoir that's sort of like you know, well, it'll cover your whole life, but it's basically about the Mormon stuff, and then after you're done with Housewives or whatever, you can write a second memoir about mm, that. Yeah. Because she doesn't really go into that, aside from a very weird paragraph where she talks about how Brooks Marks is the coolest person ever, and, like, <laughs> obviously going to be a star, and she this was sweats. so impressed by him. And it was like, what? Really? Like, we've That's all so seen weird. Brooks Marks on multiple platforms at this point, and he's not necessarily giving star quality, I don't think. <laughs> I did look him up after that, because I didn't watch Real Housewives, so that whole- Were you impressed? Oh, you should. No, I was like, wait, is she being facetious? Are they enemies? I don't know. He literally just makes sweats. I don't know. Yeah. That's bizarre. <laughs> you should That's upsetting, watch though. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Shelby. It's, oh, you should. It's the only one that I would say that you should watch. And it's only a couple seasons. I watched the first episode. <laughs> Season two is like reality TV gold. Like, it does not get better than that. Yeah. And I've seen practically every single Real Housewives season of everywhere. So. <laughs> okay, good uh, tip. Um, anything big and buzzy that we should mention on this books episode that anybody read i've Um, talked about the other ones on our podcast like i'm glad my mom died so good worth the hype spare honestly i loved it i will never i loved it too yeah can't read (laughs) they he could probably have cut out about a hundred pages of delightful like but the rest i i i listened to it and it was That's how you have to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. I like fast forwarded through all his military stuff because I like can't hear him justify like murdering people. But other than that, it was great. (laughs) I have Page Boy. It's on my bedside table. I'm going to start reading that soon. Right now I'm reading this book called Weather by, um, who is it by? Uh, Jenny Awful. It came out a couple of years ago. It's very, very good. It's one of those sort of like... um, it's just about like a, a woman who lives in New York and her husband and her kids or whatever. But it's one of those books that's sort of written in like where every pair, it's like separate paragraphs and each paragraph is sort of like a little observation on something. So it's not really like a plot, mm. but it's just like a string of all of these like interesting things. She works at like a library. At a is it like era. that? Um, what is that book about like Trump and stuff that we liked? Oh, the like. No, the um the like no one is, yeah no one's uh, talking about this yes yes uh, it's sort of like that it's a little bit more cohesive than that okay. is um but it's got that energy so if you liked that I would definitely recommend this and it's another one of those really short books mm. what are she you currently also- reading Sierra I'm currently reading this book called Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune it's another romance I I just keep I just keep they're so fun yeah. you know? is it open door or closed door. Uh, I literally, oh my gosh, I literally just got to the sex scene and it is like 20 pages long (laughs) and like I'm 15 pages in and like no penetration yet. So like that tells you. Oh, Um, it's steamy. I like it. Um, She's written another book called Every Summer After um, and I haven't read that one, but I've only heard good things. It's very much like I'm in my um, summer Mm -hmm. retreats era. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think I'm and currently then I, reading a closed door romance. So which one? Yerba Buena, Buena. I never heard that one. Yerba um, Buena. What? I should have looked up how to pronounce it. I'm really bad with. It's it's like this queer romance about these Ooh. two women who like mm. slowly find their way to each other, and they both have traumatic pasts. And I think they're going to end up being sort of like related, not blood related, but like their oh. pasts <laughs> will be related somehow. You know. Like, it'll be yes. some twist at the end that they have to overcome. But it's cute. Yeah. I mean, 
it's good so far but it's very very quiet like a lot of the reviews are like this isn't romance there's no sex (laughs) (laughs) romance readers get mad yeah no sex in this book um speaking of romance to my last hot take is i read the new emily henry book happy place yes it was fine Mm. you know like it was sad too like i was not I did not really like dive into it like I wanted to. Yeah. Um, people are like, this just broke me. This is like the best thing I've ever read. It was a solid, I don't know. I only four read stars, the one where she 5. like is writing she's she's writing a book and then another guy. Beach read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? Which is takes place on a lake. That really bothered me too. <laughs> um I really liked people we meet on vacation. That was my favorite one that she's read. Oh, okay. She's written that is about like um that one's a best friends to lovers. Oh, one. okay. And it it covers like the ten years that these best friends have gone on vacations. And so this last vacation they're like not talking to each other. So you're kind of going back and you're like, How did this friendship fall apart? How do we get here? And it's also kind of like a reversed gender um when Harry met Sally. Mm. Like the girl is the quirky fun one and the guy is the like neurotic, like um, very detailed, stressed out character. So that's also fun. Cute. I would recommend People Leaving on Vacation as the best okay, Emily Henry book, which is controversial, but I liked it the most. Do any of you guys have anything particularly that you're excited about coming out soon? Um, or that you've I'm got on hold? I'm excited for the sequel to Iron Widow, which is like basically Pacific Rim with a queer man hater. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like a new adult kind of sci-fi book. It was a lot of fun. It's good. And the sequel finally comes out this year. So, Hmm. What about you, Matt? Colson Whitehead has a new book coming out and he's my favorite author. And, uh, but it's a sequel to his last book that I didn't Uh really love that much. So I'm sort of like, Mm -hmm. eh, you know, sort of stealing myself to mm. read it but i'm not particularly excited about it um, yeah that's interesting because it wasn't really well received as far as his other ones no right? i don't know why he's doing uh, why he's choosing this i also i've just recently gotten into hating all sequels that are like to literary books like if if you're a <laughs> if you're a, like a sci if you're harry potter or whatever right, like fine right. great love a sequel but um but, like, if it was written as one book and then we're getting a sequel to it, no. I yes. don't want that. And Less is more, so to speak. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Less is lost was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I hated every second of it. And, hmm. yeah, and Ready Player Two or whatever. Like, Yeah, I'm just like, no, I don't need this. And so will I dutifully buy this co- a copy of this book? Yes. But am I excited to read it? No. Will it? Will I probably read it in like four years? Yeah. <laughs> Something to look forward to. I feel like yeah. you can automatically tell when like books that weren't meant to have sequels have sequels. And it's just really yeah. it. Also, nobody is talking about this book. Like it comes out in a couple of weeks and I oh, only wow. just realized that it was coming out. And I was like, mm. well, that also tells us uh, something. Yeah, that's too yeah. bad. Mm. Um, okay, well, any final thoughts, Sierra, on anything book-related, unbook-related? You know, not, the mic is yours. I would just say, I think 2023, I've really leaned into books that aren't very serious, that are more fun, and I'm flying through them, really enjoying them, and I know sometimes, especially when I'm talking about books with you, Matt, I feel like I need to read <laughs> books that are that are more, you know, like, literary and, no, you know, No, you have like... to remember I read a lot, so yes. I just pulled well, no. it. <laughs> No, but I, I just look special. Go into the summer and read the books that you want to read. I, I don't think there's anything. Um, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure read. Yes. Everything. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. And um, yeah, I agree. That, that's all I have to say. Those are oh, good yeah. I, I read random literary crap, but I also, I mean, I feel like I love a schlocky memoir or a horror <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Novel. Don't pretend to be something you're not, okay? I see <laughs> no, you a little. I read Anna the Jessica Simpson memoir and I loved every second of it. Oh, so. that reminds me. I listened to Mariah Carey's memoir and it was fantastic. Oh, uh, it was it's only on Audible, but she will like be, she obviously narrates it and she'll like sing acapella throughout <laughs> it. And then she'll be like, say something, and she'll be like, oh, of course, darling. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny. And I like listen to it on two long road trips. That's Highly amazing. recommended. It's it's up there with Jessica Simpson for me. 
okay. The Jessica yeah. Simpson memoir. I still listen to Jessica Simpson music that I didn't realize was a thing until after oh, I read that memoir. Always so, do. I love, so love the power the power of a memoir. <laughs> uh, well, I think next week is that dreaded week where there's like six things coming out, but Shelby didn't want to watch any of them. Uh- so it's really going to be <laughs> a... Uh, a Sophie's choice for her and determining what we're covering. Oh man. But, okay. Well, I look forward to that. I love when the power is in my hand. So, I mean, do you want me to pull up the options? Here? No, no, it's okay. 2023 <laughs> movie. It's fine. Let's, let's, I let's still want you guys to do a whole episode on shiny, happy people. Yes. Duggar documentary. That was a good documentary. It was really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I would watch it. It's very like traumatic, but also at the same time, just riveting. Yeah. I think it would be the type of trauma that I would find interesting and not like a strange loop where I had a meltdown in the middle of it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The options are The Flash, uh, Elemental, which I saw and wasn't good, uh, Asteroid City, Mm. Extraction 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a movie called The Blackening that I'm going to the premiere tomorrow night of. So, Wow. Yeah. I'll have to think about that one for sure. Horror comedy. (laughs) Yikes. Um, I'll have to suss that out a little bit closer. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll be back next week to talk about one of those or maybe something else. Um, Who knows? And we'll be back with a pop culture roundup on Tuesday, hopefully. Um, Thanks, Sierra, again for joining us. Always a pleasure. This is so much fun. I love being, you know, your annual book correspondent. I know. this is my this is my case to not stop. The, I really want you guys to not stop the podcast. When Thank you. Shelby moves to LA. She's moving to LA, not the moon. Thank like, we you. Can we can make it okay. happen. Yeah, we'll I see. appreciate we'll see. it. We'll have you on for something other than books someday. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> That's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the problem. Uh, yeah. Maybe something uh. is, is yeah something that's a little bit better. Yeah. Than I don't know. <laughs> Anything. Anything. That's a low bar, Sierra. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for coming on and we'll see all of you guys next week. Bye. Bye.